Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of Local Lowdown. My name is Zach Bischoff and I'm joined by a smiling... Whoop! Try that again. Danny Shanhorter. There we go. Sorry, I had your uh, audio muted there. Alright, today we are going to talk about the... Uh, if this is our, what is this, our fourth take trying to do this? Um, I think so, Zach. Yes, I think this is our fourth take. Um, so we were going to talk about the uh, the slate of uh, college football action that occurred uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, Saturday. But I don't know, I can't think. All right, we're going to talk about uh, first uh, Colorado and their um, dominant uh, first two games of the season. Danny, your thoughts on beating uh, number 17 TCU first. And uh, Nebraska here uh, yesterday. Just give me your overall thoughts on uh, those two games. Yeah, for sure, Zach. And uh, and great to be with you, man. Excited to talk some college football here. And, Zach, it's no secret that the um, Colorado Buffaloes are the talk of the college football world, world right now. And for good reason. I mean, this is a team that won one game last year in 2022. And... I mean, they've already doubled their win total, um, you know, and they played, you know, two worthy, worthy opponents so far in, in TCU that made the um, national championship game last year. And Nebraska, who under head coach Matt Rule is kind of a, a try, they're trying to kind of rebuild. Um, but, Zach, they, they've, they've been they've been dominant, man. And, and um, you know, people people are, are, are starting to starting to really think that Colorado is is for real here. I mean. College uh, college game day is going next week when Colorado plays uh, Colorado State, and um, you know that that was a game uh, last year that was written off. You know, two teams from Colorado, nobody nobody's really going to watch. But now, you know, college college game day is going to be there, and um, you know, I think what what's really fueled the um, Buffalo's just amazing offense so far has been um, the play of Shador Sanders um, uh, along with Travis Hunter. You know, they, they connected really well, um, especially in the first game against TCU. Um, you know, they, they have so much chemistry, um, and they're, they're just they're, – they're super fun to watch. And they, it seems like they always know where one another uh, is on the field. I mean, Travis Hunter plays both ways as well, which is, which is incredible. Um, and um, – Along with that, Zach, and uh, I'll turn it back over to you after this, but but I just have been super impressed with the depth of their skill positions, man. I mean, I mean, it seems like seems like um, these these past couple weeks. I mean, Travis Hunter um, played super super well against TCU, and then a guy that we we didn't really know too much about, Xavier Weaver, burst on the scene with like three touchdowns or something like that um, against against Nebraska yesterday. So they they've just really been able to. Kind of spread the wealth, if you will. Yeah, Daniel, my, my question to you is uh, we'll talk about Nebraska here in a second. I have a question about that that I just thought of. Um, but my question to you is the impact that uh, Coach Prime or Deion Sanders, uh, father of, Shador, of uh, quarterback Shador Sanders, has had on this um, Colorado program. And, uh, and also, do you think that, that if the if Colorado's play continues the way the way it uh, has been, do you think they have a chance at the playoff come year's end? Zach, that that's a that's a that's a loaded question, man, and and I would expect nothing less because you want to post there, but 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 um, 
But yeah, Zach, I mean, it, it's no secret that, that that Coach Prime's impact has been has been big. You know, we, we can see that with just the amount of media coverage that Colorado is getting because, you know, Deion Sanders, because of what he did in the, in the NFL and kind of just his personality, attracts attention, Zach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just is a guy that, that I think his players respect for his kind of non-traditional way of, of, of leading. You know, he's a guy that definitely, um, you know, is, is still has – you know, it seems like he still coaches with that same competitive fire that he had mm-hmm. as a player. And I think everybody respects him for that. I mean, I think all his players realize how good of a player he was in the NFL. And because of that, um, just really, uh, really want to play for him. And Zach, you know, I think that what a lot of people are, are what a lot of people are, I think are kind of realizing is, is Dion has been there for one year, for two games mm-hmm. that they played. And they've already, like, as I said, they, they already doubled their win total in his first year. How many times do we see when a new coach has um, has come come onto the scene that, that, that when they when they struggle from the get go, that everybody's like, oh, you know, just give them a, a couple years and they'll they'll finally get the the rebuilding process started. I think Dion is kind of changing that perception that like. If you're a good coach, you're going to find a way for your team to win. Colorado had one win last year. I mean, and and Dion is definitely a guy that, that, you know, is there to win. I think everybody sees that. And I think that he's going to change the, 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 the um, for better or for worse, the college football coaching um, kind of way, way that it's always been. I don't think there's going to be as much leeway in terms of um, rebuilding years for for college teams, because you know, athletic administrations are going to look at okay, look at what Colorado did, you know. Um, so I think that's going to be that's going to be something super super fascinating to watch um, coming up coming up here. Just how how his impact um, is it, felt in college football. Um, and to, to the last part of your question, Zach, and I'm going to be curious to hear what hear what you think. I mean, I think that Colorado, um, you know, they, they definitely did, did not shy away from scheduling ranked teams um, in their schedule. I mean, they play, uh, I believe it's Oregon and USC, who are both at ranked 13th and 6th, respectively. Um, and they already played TCU, who was ranked 17th and, 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 won the, or, and made it to the national championship game last year. So Colorado certainly did not shy away from, from – um, scheduling uh really really talented teams i don't think that this is going to be the year that colorado makes the, the playoffs just because there are only four teams and i honestly think that even if colorado um does does pretty well and only has let's say one loss that they still might that the committee might still lean on what they've always leaned and give um Alabama and Georgia and those SEC powerhouses um, bids over a team like um, Colorado. But I think come, you know, next year with the expansion of the playoff, I think that Colorado, if they continue to be, if they continue to progress, I think they're, they're going to be right there, man. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. I, uh, I, I partially agree with your point. I think, uh, I don't think Colorado is going to make it this year, but with playoff expanding to 12 teams, um, 
I uh, I think Colorado can if they. I don't know what their senior class is like this year, but I certainly think that they can contest for a playoff spot. Maybe this, probably not this year, but probably when the team when the playoff moves to twelve teams uh, starting next season. Um, I uh, I think they can run for a spot there. And something else I just thought of uh, while we were taking the break there. Your thoughts on the new uh, college uh, clock rules? The clock uh, remains running on first downs uh, outside of the uh, first two minutes of, or last two minutes, excuse me, of the second and fourth quarters. Have you noticed a difference in uh, speed of games or anything like that? Yeah, Jack. I always, I, I, I do, I do, uh, I do like that rule, man. I always kind of thought that it was a little bit weird that the clock stopped after a first down in college football and obviously in the NFL that's something that's not the case um so I I do I do I do like that and I I kind of do also like the um the how it it stopped it does stop in um under two minutes in the second and fourth quarter because I think you know that's really when you want your best drive that that two minute two minute offense there so I I, I do like that those uh there was new new rule changes and uh, good uh, good on the NCAA for for making for making those changes. I think the game goes a little bit, a bit faster and I think mm-hmm. it's more exciting, honestly. Because uh, just just clock management is of emphasis with yeah. that. You know? Yeah. All right. Now we're going to go into uh, Colorado's second game that uh, took place yesterday. Uh, it beat uh, Nebraska by uh, some ridiculous score. I don't remember what it is. Um, but they dominated like they did, uh, like they did uh, last week. And uh, Danny, your thoughts on specifically on the play of um, the Nebraska quarterback uh, Jeff Sims, who had I think at least three turnovers, if not more, uh, multiple fumbles uh, for the Nebraska offense, and just the really disjointed look of the Nebraska um, offensive uh, offense. Yeah, Zach. Um, Nebraska certainly certainly did did not really look look that good. As you mentioned, Jeff Sims did not have a great uh, great great uh, day at the office, so to speak. I think um, the biggest thing with Nebraska is just I I think that they're a team that almost always kind of underperforms from what everybody kind of thinks that they're going to do. You know, they 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 played um, Minnesota, I think it was, and they just it was it was it was just kind of the same thing, just just very disjointed. I think, um, I think the reason why they lost, if I, I could be I could be wrong, and if if I am for our listeners that are Nebraska fans, I'm I'm sorry, but I believe they we don't have they. Any lost. Listeners in Nebraska. We we might Zach, we dude we 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 are we are the the low down man. I mean, so, I, I look at the analytics. We don't have we don't have listeners. <laughs> All right, well maybe we if think. this one we might. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, good, good, good call there, Zach. I, I, they just, um, I don't, um, I think they lost last week on like a missed field goal or something, um, and to Minnesota, and I think that um, Nebraska's just, just, I don't think they're gonna have a great year this year, but my, I hope for all Nebraska's uh, sake that that you know Matt Rule obviously. As the pedigree of being an, an, an NFL head coach can kind of turn that turn that program around. Uh, all right, uh, all right. Now we're going to talk about uh, Pitts. Uh, uh, speaking of disjointed efforts, 
we're going to talk about uh, Pitt's uh, disjointed, uh, very disjointed looking game after they lost to uh, Cincinnati. I believe it was 27-21. Danny, your thoughts just on the play of the, well, just in general, the Pitt offense, what you think the, the uh, greatest weakness of it was, and I think you and I both know the answer to that, but your thoughts? Yeah, Zach, for sure, man. Obviously, disappointing um, second game of the season for Pitt. I think um, the, our biggest weakness against Cincinnati was just a combination of um, Jakovic not being accurate, um, Pitt's Pitt's quarterback not being accurate, and also the offensive line putting him in in, in not not great situations, having to deal with pressure all night. Um, now, uh, I think that you know um, Cincinnati's defensive line definitely had something to do with that. I mean, they, they're a good, they're a very good line. Uh, Dante Corleone is like one of the best um, defensive tackles in the. Uh, in the country, um, they call, they call him the Godfather, I believe, in in, in Cincinnati. Um, but I think, and maybe this is because we played, we, we because we played a three win team in in Wofford. Um, I think that that we weren't necessarily ready as a whole offensive line to to play against a team like Cincinnati because I we really did not do any sort of pressure against Wofford in, in, in week one. I think that that really hurt us. Um, I think the the biggest thing that I want to see for improvement, Zach, you know, looking towards a a solution here, looking towards you know how to how do we how do we rectify this? I would just like to see Dracovic more confident. You know, I think those two go hand in hand, right? If the offensive line is good, they're giving him good protection. He can stand in and, and deliver a throw. And when Dracovic had time, you know, he was he was better than than when he than when he was hurt, obviously. But he still didn't um, seem to, to be to be at his best. You know, there were just a couple of, of of throws that he had that were just really uncharacteristic for him. I mean, this guy's you know known for for how good how good his arm is. He's, he's a pocket passer that can that can run a little bit, and he really just kind of threw a couple of balls behind uh, receivers such as Bob Means. And um, I'm really hoping that that you know Jacobic can can kind of just we can kind of Frank Signetti, our offensive coordinator, can kind of simplify the game for him a little bit um, coming up here, um, going forward. That's my hope is that we can just make make like have have some easy completions to kind of get him yeah. get him going because ten for thirty two does not get it done against no. a team like Cincinnati. No. But um, I think the biggest thing is just. Um, just having looking more confident as an offense because we really did not look confident, Zach. Yeah, no, we didn't. Yeah, I think uh, initially when I started watching the game, I mean, it was what seven nothing, what two minutes in, and, and most of that yardage yeah. was was on you know a really um, you can't uh, a uh, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't a good game uh, overall. I mean. It was really an uh, inexcusable uh, personal foul or a late hit out of bounds on uh, uh, one of the pit uh, D men that uh, really that gave Cincinnati that first touchdown. But I really think that even looking past that, it, it Pitt was it, like I said, it was very disjointed. Uh, Jakovic was wildly inaccurate, but and after that, I thought it was all him, but it wasn't. It was it was the play of the offensive line. He was 
he was chased, he was running for his life all night. Um, exactly, Zach. Zach, I mean, think back to the last play there, bud. Like, we, I mean, it was fourth and, I believe it was fourth and 10. And Cincinnati got, you know, playing for the game, you know, we got a, got a turnover by, by our defense that really started coming alive in that fourth quarter. And then we just had a fourth and 10 for the game, and, and they sacked us right away. Yeah, yeah, that play was done. I was just about to do it there uh, from, the, uh, from the snap. But, you know, if you get an interception for, I think it was at midfield or just before it, uh, you really need to come down there. And, and my and my question was, I was questioning a lot of the play calling. He was, he was throwing deep like the second play. He was throwing deep a lot. He wasn't throwing to the check downs. Yeah. He, 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 I can't remember one time he did that all last night. So I think it was a really, uh, really disjointed uh, effort. And uh, I think Pitt, you know, Pitt, as Pitt deserved to lose that game. And moving forward into West Virginia, the backyard brawl, which is being played in Morgantown, I think uh, I think that is going to be a tough game, and I I think Pitt will fall uh, in that game um, if they can, if we don't find a solution for uh, this uh, if we don't rectify the uh, situation for the offensive line and fill your cup again. Your thoughts quickly, and then we have to wrap this up. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I, I certainly don't think that the West Virginia game is going to be easy. You know, they West Virginia has really played the, the local team so far. They, they played West Virginia last week, Duquesne this week. Um, and West Virginia, to me, is a little bit of a – like more of a wild card. You mean, um, you mean Penn State and West Virginia? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my, my bad, my bad. Uh Sorry about that. Um, thank, thank you for uh, correcting me there, Zach. But but yeah, I think that that um, I don't know. I I thought that you know we would kind of um, beat West Virginia because of you know they're not as good as they they, they have been in the past. You know um, they just they don't have that that uh, the talent that they have had in the past. But I'm I'm unsure, Zach, because you know I thought that we would have a better showing against Cincinnati because, like West Virginia, Cincinnati's not as good as they as they were. But Cincinnati, I mean, I think that that just shows that, like, yes, you know, Pitt looks good on paper, you know, in, in your aid of Pat Narduzzi, but we still we still got to execute, right? We still have to. I mean, it's hard to win college football games in the ACC, and and you know, against good teams like Cincinnati. So we, we've got to, like, we don't have, it's not like we play, we get to play Wofford every week. You know, we, we have yeah. to take, take advantage of, of, of our chances. And, and we really did not do that um, this week. And I'm hopeful, um, you know, I want to be optimistic, but, but like you said, Jack, I'm not, I, I'm not very optimistic because of what I saw uh, yesterday, man. And your closing remarks. No, Zach, uh, just really, uh, really enjoyed talking some some college football uh, with you here, man, and excited to watch um, some NFL football today as well. And uh, I think I would um, like to get a get a podcast out on that if we can make something work. Appreciate everybody for for watching and listening, and and as always, thanks Zach for having me, buddy. All right, and yes, you will have a uh, an, an NFL recap hopefully uh, hopefully by midweek next week after uh, all the week one games. Included. So, uh, and for, you know, he is Danny Shanholzer. I am Zach Fischoff. And thank you for listening to the 12th episode of the, uh, what is this, the uh, Local Lowdown Podcast.
we will see you uh, next week.